Hello everyone, welcome back to the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast, episode number 162. This is a weekly show covering all the games, Maine, Canada, and the people who create them. My name's Stephen, it's spelled with a PH and an A, so you'd think it's Stefan, but it's actually Stephen, because my dad's kind of weird like that. And I am joined, of course, by the other main dude behind CanadianGameDevs.com, Stephen, spelled with a PH and E, but we say Steve. And of course, no one's ever confused. Yo, what up? Sorry. There's a bit delayed. That's okay. It's it's okay. We're, we're just getting rolling at the start. You know, you got to get into I'm, the rhythm. I'm just looking on the PlayStation Store at Destiny 2 because it's so freaking confusing, like, what I have to buy. Like, there's... You have to buy Destiny 2, then you have to buy well, each no, Destiny pass 2, individually. Destiny 2 base game is free. Oh, right. They went free to play it. Duh. But, but so I bought it, like, mm-hmm. back like when it first came out, and I and that's all I've ever put into Destiny 2. So there's Destiny 2, Beyond Light, and the Beyond Light Plus Season, and then Beyond Light Deluxe Edition. Okay. Mm-hmm. Destiny 2 Season of Arrival Silver Bundle. I'm guessing that's just silver is like the premium currency. Okay. And then Destiny 2 Shadow Keep, Destiny Shadow, 2 Upgrade Shadow, Edition. Shadow Destiny Keep was 2 the first DLC expansion. Mm. I think. And Beyond Light's the new one. So like I'm look I think the upgrade edition is what I would basically need to get to like like the full Destiny 2 experience now and then Beyond Light is what comes out November 10th or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's like a hundred and... That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money, Steve. <laughs> you know what isn't a lot of money? Game Pass? Game Pass. And it's all on Game Pass. I know, I know, I know. Uh, actually, breaking message from a patron and friend of the show, Aaron McLeod. Uh, listening to the last episode of the podcast, this is in our Discord, what Steve mentioned at the start sounds like seasonal affective disorder. Do you feel like you have seasonal affective disorder, Steve? Oh. Um... A mood disorder subset in which people who have normal mental health throughout most of the year ex- exhibit depressive symptoms at the same time each year, commonly at the start of winter. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to have to read through this Wikipedia article because that might be it. Mm-hmm. I... But I feel like I have waves of it, right? Because in the summer, there's like a three-week period of what would have been my dad's birthday, mm. Father's Day, mm-hmm. and uh, and then like his 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 death anniversary. I never know what to call it. <laughs> um, and that always hits me hard, and that's like in the summer. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I have different triggers. But I mean, this could be the trigger for winter and 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 whatnot. It's pretty bleak my, season. It, it is. I mean, it's not only just, like, how the sun goes down, but, like, everything dies, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, like... Really quickly, too. Yeah. I mean, things are already kind of dead. Although we went for a nice walk this afternoon, and uh, it was good. I wanted to mention on the... Just discuss this. <laughs> you know what's not dead, Steve? Uh, CanadianGameDevs.com. Mm, that's not dead, but also surprisingly not dead. In fact, growing at an alarming rate for us is our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, of course, supported by our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash CanadianGameDevs, where you back us to get special early access to the show, a Patreon channel on our Discord, uh, game key giveaways, discount codes for Canadian events, and so much more, as well as physical rewards now in the form of stickers, shirts, sweaters, and totes. But we got a bunch of new patrons this week, and we got uh, a bunch of people upping their Patreon uh, tier at which they back us. So I want to start up the start of the start of the show here by shouting out um, our new our new patrons. Um, not new as much as those upping us. Eric Rear at Shark on our Discord. Um, thank you so much for your 
your increased support. We really appreciate it. My mom backed us at even more, which um, I don't think she listens to this podcast, but my dad sometimes does, but he listens at like two times, so he might have missed this. Um, so thank you, mom. I appreciate you helping me in my endeavors. And, and your uh, mom wants us to send the swag to someone else, so I'll be reaching out to our patrons uh, on the Discord about who wants like that extra piece of gear. She wants the she wants the sticker, but I, what's the other is it what's the other thing? Uh, we also are giving away a shirt with the yeah. that tier that she's at now. Wasn't there coffee mugs too? What are the other options? Should we? Um, I have only done a sticker and shirt so far, but we can definitely expand our, our patron t- or our physical rewards now that we're in the. Um, in their system instead of making our own merch and sending it, which is ideal. Yeah, because it's a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and I live in Toronto and therefore don't have room to fucking keep, keep boxes and boxes of sweaters, Steve? <laughs> exactly. We should just keep it at your mom's place in Fergus. Oh, they're actually renovating right now, so she's out. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she does listen to the show, by the way. She tripped you one time for, for making fun of Quebec. French. Yeah. I mean, if Quebec didn't want to get made fun of, they shouldn't be fucking stupid <laughs> just a useless useless province here here's my i'm gonna start the show with a divisive um hot take uh the reason a lot of european countries are so successful i think is because they're very small very low very centered together and in that way you can create a sense of community you can't get on a countrywide scale like canada so i don't know maybe everyone should split up and we'll have quebec could be its own country ontario could be its own country and we'll have like a canadian union and maybe we'll get some. As long as there's like free movement across the borders, I don't see an issue with that. But that's just. I mean, a thought Quebec, I have. the Quebec, the province though, is still bigger than like all of Europe. Atlantic Canada. Oh, as and like territorial wise, yeah. I thought you meant yeah. like population wise. No, no, no. Like like land mass. Mm. Especially like up uh, up northern, like northern Ontario and Quebec are just like f- forests. There's nothing like there ain't shit up there. So it's the shield, Steve. Oh uh, yeah. All that to say, thank you, Eric, thank you, my mom, and thank you to our new patrons. We really appreciate you, and we want to keep making this content for you. Uh, and goodbye Eric, to any of the Quebec patrons that you just made fun of. Uh, I don't know if we have any Quebec patrons, but sure if we do, actually. They, they should be okay with uh, some light ribbing, especially <laughs> given their just completely useless governance and kind of racist <laughs> province. So, <laughs> uh, But Eric would like us to plug uh, their site, thebotbook.com. Uh, of course, at the tier he backed us, we're going to plug his work and uh, any projects he announces uh, up front of the show, along with anyone else who backs us that tier. So you should check out Eric and his work at The Bot Book, the, as in the bot, as in like a robot, and book.com for his portfolio and see if there's anything there you'd be interested in or, or want to work with him. Check all that out. Now we're going to move on, Steve. We always start with events. Two events to plug this week. I got Dirty Rectangles Online happening Wednesday, October 14th, 8 p.m. on twitch.tv slash dirtyrectangles. That's 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 Atlantic, 9.30 in Newfoundland. Uh, this is going to be uh, an evening of talks from various game developers in Canada and also around the world. Megan Byrne, friend of the show, also wants us to plug the Hawaiian game developer who will be speaking about indigenous representation of games, which is something I'm always interested in hearing more about. Once again, Wednesday, October 14th, 8 p.m. Eastern. And then the Dames Making Games DMG Toronto October Games Writer and Circle is happening Thursday, October 29th, 6.30 Eastern. And that's also free. Oh, I should say, both these are free. Obviously, one's on Twitch, so that's free. But the Games Writer Circle is also free. You can go hang out with some game writers, present your writing if you want, or just hang out and listen to other people talk about writing in their games and writing for games in general. 
both a pretty great, chill, accessible, Steve, from the comfort of your own home events. Nice. All right. Two jobs to plug as well. Well, two studios, multiple jobs. Uh, first up, we've been plugging for a while. Hot off the heels of, I would say, largely successful. I don't have any insight into the numbers. Doug Flutie's Maximum Football 2020. Uh, Canuck Play is looking for several roles at their Peterborough office in Ontario. They're looking for a full-time senior Unity game developer, a full-time Unity game developer, full-time character technical animator, and a full-time 3D modeler for static objects. All of these are once again in studio at the Peterborough office. That is key. Uh, you send those CVs and cover letters uh, to... Wait, is CV short for cover letter? What is CV? Uh, it's like Latin, isn't it? Yeah, it's Latin for basically cover letter, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay, so that was redundant then. I'll just say CV and resume to jobs at connectplay.com and our site, kangandos.com slash jobs for the details. Uh, once again, that's connectplay in Peterborough. Oh, wait, Secondly, no, CV, CV is resume. Oh, so I wasn't redundant. It was cover letter and CV, I think. Right, CV means curriculum vitae, a long-form version of your resume that goes into greater depth. Excellent. So it's a longer? Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, right. I don't if think... I, if I was less lazy, I'd cut this up to make it look like I was smart. But I'm not going to do that. The folks you, know, get... you know what's more stupid than Quebec? is Latin, so don't even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Quebec isn't it in French. French is a, one of those languages that evolved from Latin. Probably. Right? I think everything... Pretty, I'm pretty sure, like, most... Like most German, of, uh, yeah. Latin, German... Like the Germanic... Or I've heard that term used. I don't know if it's used correctly here. Second studio we're looking to get people hired in is Alpha Channel in Toronto, Ontario. They have several roles open at the moment. Looking for a gameplay designer, level artist, level designer, technical artist, gameplay programmer, and AI programmer. Uh, all of these will be at the Toronto studio. I think there's an option to work remotely uh, as Toronto is currently in increasing lockdown status. Um, you can apply through our site, canadiangamedevs.com slash jobs. Go check out those jobs for Alpha Channel in Toronto. Nice. All right, Steve. Big news week. Uh, it's the fall season. Games are, are dropping like flies, but that's a mm -hmm. bad way to say it. Games are... What's a successful version of lots of things happening at once? Um, mm. Selling like hotcakes. How about that? Oh, yeah, hotcakes, yes. I like hotcakes. Eichenfell uh, is out now on consoles, PC, oh, yeah, and Game right. Pass. This game is on everything, Steve. Like usually with an indie game, um, especially with a small team with like basically one core developer, Chevy Ray in Vancouver, and then a few assists. Usually it comes to PC first, then Switch because that's the hot thing, and then stuff later. But mm -hmm. day one, Eichenfell is out on Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox One, PC, Mac, as well as Game Pass for PC. Absurd. Chevy, please get some sleep. Um, if you don't know, it's a turn-based tactical RPG about a group of troublesome magic students. Using timing mechanics to power your spells and block attacks, explore the twisted halls of a vast magical school, fight challenging monsters and bosses, and uncover dark secrets never meant to be found. This is published as a uh, humble original, just like 2019's Game of the Year, A Short Hike. Uh, I Can Fail also features music by Steven U Universe composer... Avi and Sirasha, uh, as well as audio from A Shell in the Pit, and then if that's familiar, that's because they've essentially worked on every major Canadian indie of the past, like, five years, including Wandersong, Rogue Legacy, Park Attack, Night in the Woods, etc. So there's a lot of talent, a lot of great minds behind this game, and it's out now, everywhere. I, um, 
I'm, I'm I forgot <laughs> I'm not on Game Pass right now because I like mm-hmm. let it like cancel or whatever. But I'm now going to sign up to actually I should just wait for when the Xbox S comes out. Yeah, I should. I'm going to wait. Actually, it's not wait. on. It's not on console yet. It's only on Game Pass for PC at the moment. Yeah, but I meant like Game Pass, like Ultimate. I'm just going to wait for when I will actually play it, which I will try to do now. Because I or uh, this this weekend because I haven't. Um, that's just my baby alarm. <laughs> I haven't uh, played Star Renegades yet either. That is also on Game Pass. Yeah. So, um, I'll 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 call that. I forgot that was. I forgot that we talked about that last week. So I'm excited for that. Big are, you, are you are you going to try to play it this weekend or? I want to, man, but it's just a lot going on right now. <laughs> really yeah, busy. no, that's fair. That's fair. Happy uh, Thanksgiving, terrible. Yeah, Canadians celebrate Thanksgiving this year on the 12th of October, which is the day this is up for patrons and two days before for everyone else. Nice little gift to patrons from us to you. There you go. Be thankful for (laughs) us. As the great Jim Sterling says, thank God for me. Um, Next bit of news today, Home Postmortem Edition is now available on the Nintendo Switch, not the Nintendo Switch, as I initially wrote in the headline because i'm a dummy uh (laughs) toronto-based game developer benjamin rivers uh, also a friend of the show patron and in our discord uh, released home postmortem edition for the switch this week originally released in 2012 this new edition features behind the scenes with a new postmortem mode for those who don't know postmortem is usually a term in game development for right after you release a game you sit down with the team talk about what worked what didn't and what you can learn before the next project so it's a fun little bit of game dev in the title there uh as well as an exclusive gallery that offers a peek into the design process with you know work in progress art and the like uh let's see how much it is here head over to the shop i put the button uh, to 10, the bucks. Shop. 10 bucks piece of cake well, it's my, well my region is american right now so it might be 10 bucks american mine says 7.99 so i might be in the u.s too yeah i'm on nintendo.com ah well I'm sure it's within 7 to 12 Canadian. It's probably my best yeah. bet. Do yourself a favor and get this game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great. Mm-hmm. And make sure you just play it in one sitting. Just, like, lie on the couch, get yourself some hot chocolate. Okay. You know, and, uh, and just, like, plow through it. It's, like, an hour and a half, two hours long. Um, it's it's awesome. It's one of my, like, favorite, um, favorite Canadian indies, for sure. Excellent. I kind of want to dive back into it but my switch the left joy con is just straight up like doesn't work <laughs> so thanks nintendo well i think it's sophia's fault to be honest because oh. we kind of just let her we haven't really stopped her from doing things and just chucking shit we've mm-hmm. kind of just started to stop because we don't want her to break heather's phone and other expensive things and she's kind of like gone the switch a couple times and thrown it on the ground so it's Ooh. either that However, when I emailed Nintendo, I definitely just said it's just the Joy-Con. Just Absolutely, Joy-Con just drift is the issue. <laughs> I'm with you 100. percent So I'm gonna I'm gonna wait on copying it because I will. I, how does it work with the the Joy-Con stuff? Do you do you send in your whole Switch or your Joy-Con? To you send in the Joy-Con. Oh, okay. So yeah, I got the Pro Controller though, so I guess I can just do that. You but, could play it. Um, but this game is also awesome. highly highly recommended. Big recommend from Steve for Home Postmortem Edition from Toronto Indie Developer Benjamin Rivers. Next bit of news today comes by way of Alberta Game Devs, who you should follow at AV uh, Makes Games on Twitter. 
there's a Kickstarter now live for Calgary-based indie studio Naturally Intelligent. They're launching a Kickstarter for their upcoming game, Dirty Land, Thrill of the Sale, a video game about being a real estate salesman in the 80s. They're currently at 4000 out of their $40,000 uh, goal with 12 days to go, over 100 backers. Uh, the, the quick pitch up front here is, <clears throat> step into the shoes of Frank Marsh, a newly hired salesman of Pure Sky Properties, a real estate office where coffee is for closers and the status quo is hawking swampland to unsuspecting buyers for a tidy profit. Will you cast aside your ethics for a quick buck, or will you take the high road and find your way to scrape by honestly? Currently targeting Windows, uh, Mac, and Linux. It's a 2D pixel art style. Um, I'm quite enamored with these GIFs. There's a lot of detail in a lot mm -hmm. of character models. Uh, I would say the quick reference I would give for comparable art styles would be like Papers, Please, with the um, pixel art having slight, you know, bobbing up and down movements and the um, text being very similar in format. Um, there's sort of like black bar cutscenes almost with text at the bottom, also kind of like Papers, Please. Um, let's see what the top reward is. I'm always excited at the top tier. If you pledge $150 or more, uh, you will have your own self in the game as a prospective lead, lovingly pixelized with your choice of likes and dislikes. Currently 10 backers at this tier. Uh, you'll also get a mug, Dirty Land for PC, Linux, or Mac, a dev info, your portrait in the game, a name in the credits, etc. So yeah, what do you think of this Kickstarter, Steve? I like it. Like you said, I like all the gifts and stuff. I'm mm -hmm. I'm enjoying that these kind of games are coming back too. We've seen a couple of them. Thimbleweed um, Park, Papers Please. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I'm actually I might back this right now. They Ooh. they do need some help though. I will say that they got uh, twelve days left, and usually most of the support comes in the last twenty four hours because you know people don't want to miss out. So there's still hope for Dirty Land Thrill the Sale. Uh, check out. I wonder if they have a Twitter. Let me see. Uh, there is a little Twitter. I just had to log out and log back in. There was a Twitter thingy on their uh, thing on the page. You should just follow at Alberta Ga uh, Makes Games too. They're also exceptional. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to. I have like multiple Kickstarter accounts, and I hate that. I oh no, Steve! You you don't don't do that. Well, I didn't purposely try to. <laughs> it just sort of the happened. You know? The $15 tier is for the game, which is usually the one I get. Their estimated delivery date is November 2021. Uh, you'll get a copy of the game, development updates and info, and your name in the credits. That's probably what I'll do, actually. I'm also interested in this game. I'll do 15 Are you, do we have a Do we have a thing for... We've never kickstarted something during recording the podcast. That'll be a new sound effect, but... Um, Let's see here, 2130. Let's plug something in here. Whatever I picked, it'll play right now. Beautiful. Next bit of news today, Steve. Something I didn't even know happened. Uh, Dead by Daylight was ported to mobile in April of this year, and since then has been downloaded over 10 million times. Jeez. Crazy. Is it crossplay with all the other? Yes, games? which is also crazy. So that's like essentially adding 10 million players to their player count in a matter of months um already big game it's on ps4 pc xbox as well as game pass it's been a ps plus game it's got dozens of dlc updates and it's been in development i guess ongoing since 2016 
So this game just continues to put up numbers. And if you hadn't downloaded on your phone yet, it's free to download. Now I'm mad at you because my trophy percentage <laughs> yeah. is at 2% or whatever, and I could have just played this on mobile. Yeah, you could have, and you wouldn't have to worry about trophies. And we could have I mean, also probably had the same disappointing, disconnecting experience. Yeah, exactly. I'd, I've been kind of cleaning out my PS4 library, just mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm just like, eh, I'm not going to play this in the next month, because we're a month away. Actually, we're exactly one month away from Xbox Series S, and then Holy. You know, a month, month and two days from PS5. I have a story so about I've getting been, that I haven't told in the podcast yet, but we'll save oh, it. Oh, nice. So I've been deleting games just, like, off of my hard drive, just being like, you know, I'm not going to play this. Like, I deleted Resident Evil Zero and, and a few others and and whatnot. But I saw Dead by Daylight, and it, it survived the first round of uh, Ooh, deletions. So. the culling. Exactly. The pruning, as Discord puts it. Last bit of news today. This week, Steve Forgone is out now on Steam after a year of Epic Store exclusivity. So if you're one of those weird Epic holdouts for some reason, you can check out the game on Steam October 13th. Everyone keeps saying it looks like Dead Cells. It does look like Dead Cells, but one important distinction is this is developed in Canada, and it's not a roguelite. So if you like the look of Dead Cells but aren't a fan of roguelites, you should check out Forgone. It's out now on Steam. Uh, that's it for the news, Steve. Did uh, anything you want to add? Oh, wait. Do we want to talk about Ubisoft? We've been avoiding them for so long because of obvious reasons. Wait, just go back to Foreground for a second. I'm back on Foreground for a second. Is it? I thought it was coming to consoles very soon. It is also coming to PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, I think Switch, too. Let me uh, double check. Oh, you're right. It's coming to Steam and consoles October 13th. Yeah. Good save, Steve. That was almost a terrible journalistic uh, mishap on my part. Because didn't I... They post the or the trophies went live or whatever. So you're gonna get it. It's coming to Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. I mean, the fact that it's not a roguelite is more appealing to me. Mm -hmm. I see Dead Cells is another game because it's on PS now, and I, and I look at it every time, and I'm just like, eh. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'll uh, let's see if it's on PlayStation Store. It won't be. I no, wish list it on the PlayStation, PlayStation sucks. <sighs> It's probably and not they're getting rid either. of the play, they're, they're getting rid of the wish list feature too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> oh, you guys are so stupid. I hate you. Oh man, I just hate. I hate video game companies sometimes. <laughs> just yep. Like, uh, yep. Not Xbox lately though. They're, they haven't done anything to me. Dude, anything. Xbox is crushing it. I was so I was in. I forgot to tell this story because <coughs> I think it happened the week that we, <laughs> that we took off. Pardon me. <coughs> um, I went to another video game classic store to look up. For some Sega Genesis. I'm not going to name them because they're actually like, it was a really shitty experience. I went in uh -oh. and uh, it's a pretty well known place here in Toronto. And, um, and I, I phoned ahead and I was like, do you have, do you have, uh, you know, Sega Genesis games? And he was like, yeah, we got some, blah, blah, blah. And I go in, I didn't ask for the Sega Genesis games because he would know exactly it was me, but there was only like five or six in there. And I was like, all right, well, this was kind of a waste of my time. Mm -hmm. So I was just browsing and stuff like that, and then they're just like being nerds and dorks like behind the counter. And someone called asking what what I'm assuming it was asking if they had Xbox like Xbox uh, X pre-orders. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, we don't. I don't know if we're getting any. If we do, it'll be later. Blah blah. blah. Hands up. And then it was just like, man, like, why would you publicly? ask for like an xbox like why would you be that person xbox is so lame blah 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 like they're totally fanboying against it meanwhile i'm like looking at their xbox games and i'm just like 
I'm like, guys, Xbox is like the best company right now. Like, well, how could you be upset with Xbox at this moment? Like, what are they? What are they doing that you dislike so much? I was just, it was a very uh, bad experience. Hmm. I'm just off. Now I'm off my soapbox. It just made that just reminded me of it. But the fanboyness needs to stop. These are just companies trying to make money, and they're doing it differently. And you support the one you want. No one yeah, should be I'm, judging anyone else for who they choose. I'm a fanboy of PlayStation, like, no doubt. But I'm mm. not going to, like, not play a game on Xbox, not play a game on Nintendo because of that. Like, I might not play a game on Nintendo because they're just pissing me off lately. But And Xbox, I'm, you know, we were just making fun of me because I was of Destiny 2, like, on Game Pass. But I'm not, like... I'm going to buy an Xbox. Like, I'm always buying these systems. I just, like, prefer to play on PlayStation because I like trophies. Like, that's really, that's all that's keeping me. If tomorrow Sony was like, all right, PlayStation trophies, we're deleting them, say goodbye, they're dead. Be like, all right, I guess I'm going to Xbox now and just live off Game Pass. So, um, yeah, the whole fanboy stuff, you see it a lot on Twitter. It's, like, it's, it's ridiculous. It reminds me when I was eight and I was a big Sega Genesis person and all my friends were Super Nintendo and I would make fun of them. And then they would make fun of me. And, be and it turns out they were right. You know, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. I want to get back to this other point. Um, Ubisoft has officially released a statement regarding uh, how they're going to restructure the company. We talked about it a bit in our Discord, uh, just between the, the main people. We've been avoiding covering them because you and I agreed we are not comfortable supporting and pumping out content for a company that is objectively morally bankrupt and has covered up abuse, sexual assault, and rape at their studio for decades and is largely gross. Um, They just released a new internal survey this week that found one in four of their developers had witnessed or been victim to inappropriate behavior at the workplace. One in four, (laughs) Steve. There's 15,000 people who work at this studio. That's almost, like, what, 4,000, 3,000 people? Is... it's it's disgusting, and we wrote off covering them. We haven't covered Legion, Valhalla, any of these other games, and we and we're turning down codes. We're not going to accept. We're codes. not going to accept codes. We're not we're not responding to PR emails. Yeah, I, I just I've been archiving them, and mm-hmm. you know, I'd be, pff, Ubisoft doesn't really need us, but it's sort of just like our way of being like, eh, like we don't feel like i just have such a pit in my stomach whenever i see ubisoft stuff now mm-hmm. it's tainted. Just it's permanently tainted yeah and valhalla is probably going to be like a top three selling game this this year like it's, legion's gonna be huge yeah so but like when i look at it i'm just like uh, i just don't want to <laughs> so as far as this statement from ubisoft ceo vez gilmont I want to preface just reading these points he said that this company will address by saying Yves is complicit in all of this. He shuffled known abusers around the company for years, just like the Catholic Church did with their clergy who were found to be doing nefarious things. And I, I don't trust him. I don't trust anything he says. I think he's rather despicable, and I'm really suspect of anything he has to say he is first and foremost interested in the shareholders of ubisoft he's interested in getting this whole pr nightmare behind them this is why they haven't addressed it in any of their ubisoft forwards why they've had stupid excuses like oh we couldn't put the video together when you can stitch videos together on your phone now in 2020. this is what he says they're doing steve four key areas they are quote 
need to improve quickly, end quote. One, they are guaranteed a working environment where everyone feels safe and respected. No real plans there for that, as in concrete steps they're going to take. Two, they want to put diversity and inclusion at the heart of everything we do. That's been the Ubisoft message for years, as long as I've been following them, so I don't see how that's any different than what their previous goal was. Mm-hmm. Refocus and strengthen our HR function. Yes, the head of your HR at Ubisoft Toronto should not be married to the CEO who's being accused of multiple accounts of sexual assault and abuse. Four, make the managers of the group accountable and empower them. So this group is something that Ubisoft's putting together internally to sort of represent the employees in a better way. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. And whatever, if Ubisoft's picking them, I don't trust them because Ubisoft is interested in first and foremost mitigating this whole PR situation and returning profit to the shareholders. That is the goal of this publicly traded company more than keeping their employees happy and not abused for decades. So this internal survey of roughly 2,000 employees uh, found that one in five do not feel fully respected or safe in the work environment, end quote. One in five of 15,000 employees is, I'm real bad at math. Let's see, 15,000 <laughs> divided by, what's that, 20% is one in five? Do, do, time, do point two times whatever the amount of people you said it was. Times point two zero. That's 3,000 Ubisoft employees, quote, do not feel respected or safe in the work environment. Do not feel respected or safe, Steve. 3,000 people working at studios all across the globe, many of them in Canada, which is why it's an issue for us. Ubisoft Quebec, Montreal, Toronto, Winnipeg, Halifax. There are thousands of developers in Canada who work for this company that doesn't make an environment where they feel respected or safe. I'm just reading the rest of the IGN article. Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, it's still just words, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. not, they're not, like, they're not doing anything. And I, you know, I, uh, <clears throat> I give Ubisoft, like, what am I trying to say here? Like, I'm happy to go back to being a fan of Ubisoft games and, and whatnot if they can, like, you know, fix this shit, mm-hmm. but they haven't really been showing to, like, this has been what half a year or so, or maybe four months that we all kind of really... started in June, July with a lot of these people coming forward. So, a, like a quarter, like three months or so. So, I mean, like, right now it's just been words. They haven't really done anything. They haven't really, I guess, they're making this stuff public. Like, th- is this Ubisoft saying? The twenty five percent or one in five, or did this get leaked? This was an internal investigation they published. Okay, so I mean they're being open about it. So I mean, hooray! Yeah, this doesn't look good. These numbers look horrible. No, yeah, that's awful. Like it's not like these aren't numbers that you would typically really kind of want to publish or whatever. Um, so that's really all that they got going for them to me right now. But it's not enough. Like to say refocus and strengthen our, our HR function. Like what the fuck does that even mean? Mm-hmm. I want concrete. I want every single HR rep everywhere at a studio where these happened is fired or removed. I want multiple third parties investigating and providing concrete steps that the studio then takes to change their workplace culture. I want Ives to step down. He let this happen for decades. He's implicit. Yeah. This is this, con- this this scandal, this decades of abuse, verbal, systemic 
sexual assault and abuse is as much Ubisoft as it is Yves. That's very clear to me. Yeah, wasn't one of the people his, like, right-hand man type of thing? Yes. There's that famous picture in the Bloomberg article of Yves and all the other Ubisoft-implicated developers all sitting around having a drink together, and they were all very chummy, friendly, and he helped them move around to different studios when it became a bit too risky there because of all the abuse they were doing. Yeah, so, I mean, I... I... Like... (laughs) Because I think he had a what really tipped the scale for me was he had a quote or something about like him not knowing about what was going on, mm-hmm. and I'm like, dude, it's it's your job to know, you know, yes. like <laughs> you don't get to say uh, like oh, I don't know, like it was just my right hand man, like it wasn't me, but like you're the fucking CEO, like you CEOs don't just get to like kind of ride the good times when the company's doing well. They also need to eat shit when the company is fucking eating shit. Mm-hmm. And no video game company is eating more shit than Ubisoft right now. And mm-hmm. and why he is still the head of this company is is bonkers to me. Like I I, just, I don't understand it. Like I, if like they're and the thing is like they're about they're going into a huge year for them, right? Like Assassin's Creed Valhalla will sell. It's it's really the only it's like really the biggest game on Xbox like at launch like they partnered with Xbox to promote it. Yes, yeah. So like Assassin and it's been two years since Assassin's Creed. So like that game is going to sell like bananas. Like mm-hmm. it's going to be the t- like other than whatever Call of Duty it is. I forget. It's probably going to be the second most sold game this year. So like they're and they're going to make a shit ton of money and their stocks going to probably adjust accordingly. Mm-hmm from all the sales and so Yves is still going to like look good in terms of the stock but I don't know like Yves has no business like running this company like he fucking failed miserably mm-hmm. I wish I wish like the worst thing that Ubisoft has done lately is has released that that uh that mobile game that just basically shits on Black Lives Matter and mm-hmm. has like Yves son as directed by his son who got <laughs> yeah. the job months after graduating in a bachelor's of computer science to the lead of a studio so I wish that was like the worst thing that that like Ubisoft's done, but it's not. Like that's not even that's not even like that doesn't even come close to what they're doing. And I don't know. I just like I have I'm perfectly fine just fucking never purchasing another Ubisoft thing until like this shit is like fixed. And who knows when it is? Like you said, they need some third party people to come in and just be like, "This is what you're doing." Just <laughs> like, gut it. Just gut it. Yeah. Like like. I don't know, man. When you, when one fifth of your workforce doesn't feel safe, like, or twenty five percent of employees have experienced thousands of people work workplace misconduct, like, why do you even have an HR? Like, what the fuck are they doing? So <laughs> to allow that, that's crazy. Those are ridiculous numbers. Mm-hmm. That's a ridiculous number if your company has a hundred employees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's twenty five employees. You know? Yeah. So I, whatever. I'm. I, uh, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about, and we're, I think we're going to talk about that crunch thing that we're going to later on and, and stuff like that. And we talk about, like, is this enough to not buy these games when we're talking about crunch and all these other things? Like, I mean, I have no problem, you know, not featuring Ubisoft. I have no problem not buying Ubisoft things. I have no problem not accepting codes for these games. I don't even want to, I don't even want to poison my PlayStation 5 with, with Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Like, mm-hmm. I have no problem just fucking walking away from Ubisoft until they until they fix their shit. So, you know. And this isn't this is just words right now, so Steve and I are a united front here at CanadianGameDevs.com. We are on a Ubisoft blackout and we'll only talk about them in 
regards to stories like these where they are addressing the blatant systemic issues within their company yeah and and like we've said like i think like if they you know in the new year or whatever because they're obviously going to try to avoid this shit when all their big games come out is it is it watchdogs and assassin's creed do they have another game coming out this uh is that god's one or whatever coming out gods and monsters is 2021 uh siege was coming to ps5 series x and they quarantine just... isn't though right the rainbow six quarantine or whatever no i don't know about that one so i mean those two big games um mm. you know like they they need they need people coming they need third party people coming in as long as Yves Gilmo is the CEO of Ubisoft, I don't trust they've changed at all. Because on his watch, under his leadership, this happened for decades. Yeah, so I mean... And it doesn't look like he's going anywhere, so I will not be supporting Ubisoft financially, with mindshare, with anything. Yeah, same. And it's tough, because there's lots of Ubisoft developers in our server, and they're good people, they're people I like, I enjoy talking to, I know lots of people at Ubisoft Halifax right out here. They're good people. The developers are the ones who are suffering across the board. And I think it's obviously got to feel really bad seeing this going on at a place you're working at, you're passionate about. These are passionate people, Steve. These people are putting loads of time, money, and effort into these games. Legion is going to be a development of thousands of people across the globe. and. Honestly, from a systems perspective, I'm pretty interested in it, but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you're going to be giving company, giving a company money who lets this happen, and I think we're both not comfortable doing that. Yeah. That's it for Ubisoft now, and probably until the next time they poke their heads up to talk about this. Let's move on to <coughs> wishlist this, Steve. I got three, three big ones for you this week. Uh, again, shout out to Alberta Makes Games for highlighting upcoming Canadian games. I got two of these from there this week. Like Neon Noodles. The first one, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. No, okay. No. <laughs> a Cyberpunk <laughs> Kitchen Automation by Vivid Helix in Calgary, Alberta. Vivid Helix is Radu. Shout out to Radu. Met him a couple times at different conventions. Passionate, great, lovely developer. And I'm interested in this game a lot. It's uh, releasing TBD. Uh, they say early, their site still says late 2019, uh, early 2020, so I think they missed that. But I'm, I'm in their Discord, and they're still actively taking feedback and developing it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's very obvious that there's still work being done, so I'm, I'm not worried about it from that regard. <clears throat> you are in charge of a futuristic kitchen operating in a mysterious cyberpunk world. Automate your robot chefs to cook recipes in perfectly elegant loops to create well-oiled machines that churn out dish after dish. It's Zack-like. I think by Zack-like they mean, they mean uh, like a game by Zack Gage, who does these kind of... Um, system games like uh, Opus Magnum. That's the first time I've heard that term, actually, but I like it. Oh yeah, I've never yeah I've never heard that term either. Uh, Neon Noodles is currently early access on Steam. It's uh, seventeen Canadian dollars. They said they were going to be in early access for about six months. They've blown past that, but there's still a very active community on their Discord. They're taking feedback. They're constantly updating. And if you like those Zach Gage like games, I personally think you'd like neon noodles what do you think steve looking at the steam page yeah i like it um the they release do thing at the bottom is... where it shows you how to wish list <laughs> oh nice I, I love that I, I don't know why i just like it. That's, <laughs> it's always cute um the release date for me is january 1st 2020 that's when it entered early access oh right we are in 2020 oh my god right uh, I, hate, <laughs> I hate my life um 
<laughs> yeah, I've never. I don't know what Zach like. I, I the what you mentioned. I am not super familiar with, but I'm looking at the gifts. Got you know, it's always nice to have gifts, and, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at the trailer. I like the the art style to it too, and I'm liking these crazy. Like, there's a screenshot where it just like it looks nuts, and there's kind of like the the route I guess at the bottom you're making you're making like a, a sequence of, of like an order of events you're, you're yeah. almost programming a kitchen yeah that's yeah that's what I was thinking actually like it's it's like the inputs or whatever which I guess <laughs> works because it's like little robots so this is cute I like this uh, there are currently no funny reviews unfortunately I filtered by funny but the top most helpful review is scroll down here why bother to prepare and cook food when you can program robots to do it for you? Just need some robots now for the cleanup. 8 out of 10 by, let's see, Piston Smashed. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the Neon Noodles. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention, no, I didn't. Um, Vivid Helix is in Calgary, Alberta. You can follow them on Twitter at Vivid Helix. Steve, I have to ask, is Neon Noodles Cyberpunk Kitchen Automation on your Steam wishlist? Yes, it is. Excellent. Next game today on Wishlist This, another Alberta game, but this one a little bit away in Edmonton. Lucas Chapter 1 at Lucas Video Game 1 by Itzy Interactive. It's currently scheduled TBD. There's lots of great uh, concept art, uh, a couple GIFs, and screenshots on their page. And they don't have a Steam page yet, but uh, we've oh, okay. started bending the rules <laughs> lately, and so you can sign up for their mailing list, which I will link in the show description for you. It is a quote. Asymmetrical multiplayer survival horror video game for the PC based on the graphic novel. So there's a graphic novel also created by this artist, I believe, and they're expanding on it into a video game, which we talked about recently with that Montreal game uh, that was revealed during the PlayStation 5. Oh, that date. was bought up by Bandai Namco or whatever? Yeah, so I, I like this concept. It's, it's talked about a lot in game development and other things as uh, transmedia storytelling where or cross-media storytelling is probably more commonly known as, where there's one property that has like a game, a comic book, a TV show. And it's always very interesting to me to see how you can draw out different aspects of the story through the things unique to that medium. And so as a graphic novel, obviously there's things um, that are very exclusive to that, like the way you frame things in a panel and, and move from panel to panel or do full art spreads. And then in a video game, it's the interactive part of it. In a multiplayer video game, even more interesting. They pitch it as a 1v4v1 asymmetrical multiplayer. So I'm assuming it's some horror-related thing like um, the Dead by Daylight or um, what was the other? Friday the 13th one, where one person's hunting, another person's trying to survive, or the other people are trying to survive, but I don't know what the other one is. But I like the idea of like a 1v4v1. I found that I find that compelling, Steve. Yeah, that's... Uh... Are you looking at the website at all? I am. I, signed, I signed us up for the, um, the mail list or whatever. Oh, I'll play the Contact at CanadianGameDesk.com, which you can always email and reach out to us. Um, so you can go to the website at LucasVideoGame.com, by the way. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, I like it. I like the style. I like the art. I like the the um, like the graphic novel. I don't know if this is like the cover or whatever, like the latest tweet that he has. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks sweet. looks cool. Uh, you know, we need some gameplay, some video. Does he? Is there like a release window at all? Or not I yet? Guess Currently, it's still development, be a ways away. And their socials are pretty active, which is always how I how I gauge you know how development's going. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Lucas. Also, the the music on the 
on the website. Very creepy. So. Oh yeah, I forgot to warn you about that. Yeah, <laughs> but it's uh, it's good. I like it. Um, so I, I've 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 added us to the mailing list. I, I played I played the, when you said it earlier. Don't worry, Steve. Okay. All right. Lucas chapter one. It's interactive. Go to what was the website again, Steve? LucasVideoGame.com. Uh, LucasVideoGame.com. That's a that's a good URL. That's a solid URL. Lucas with a C. Yes. Important. Last game today for Wishlist this uh, by Dakota St. Laurent, who reached out to us on Twitter asking us to plug their game. They are a Kitchener-based indie developer, uh, and the game is Chessers, Steve. Quote, Chessers is a bastardized hybrid of chess and checkers. Do you have what it takes to become the next Chessers grand maestro? This game's coming up very soon, Steve, October 19th. That's just eight days from when we're recording. Um, that'll be five days from when you're listening to this publicly. There's no gifts in the Steam page, unfortunately, but it's a solo developer. you got to be forgiving. And it's a pretty simple game that's got a lot of interesting things. I love these kind of... I love how in the description he just says, like, bastardization of a, <laughs> of a popular <laughs> type of game. I'm a, I'm a big fan of... Um, is that a Zack Gage game, too? Hold on. There's a game I really like called Really Bad Chess. Oh my god, that is a Zack Gage game, speaking of the devil. Uh, where you just take a, a, a popular game like chess and just do something fun with it and mash it up with checkers. Why not? And uh, I love that idea. Uh, what do you think, looking at the Steam page here? Yeah, watching the, the trailer or whatever. I'm terrible at chess. Um, this looks cool, though. There also seems to be... Is this... I'm just watching. I'm, I'm like watching the trailer live, but it looks awesome. Yeah, chess. Excellent. Looks, yeah, I mean, I um, there's not much more to say. It looks like you can customize a lot of things, which is cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm just trying to see like, it looks like it starts off as chess, and then because like the start of this game. On the trailer, it looks like everything's a chess piece, and then it changes to a, a checker. So I'm just wondering where chess pieces become checkers. Yeah. All right. Cool. I like it. I like it too. I have to ask Steve: Is Chessers on your Steam wish list? Yes, it is. Excellent. That's it. So for oh, well, you had a last thing. I was well. I was, so ideally, the full version of Chessers would have matchmaking, smarter AI, spectator mode, tournaments, remote play together. Which is, is that the thing where like you and I could play even if just one of yeah, us Yeah, that's, that's a Steam feature where one person has it and you can both play like like it's couch co-op and it's just running mm -hmm. off your system and streaming it. And then additional themes for pieces and boards, so. Oh, I also, yeah, I guess I failed to mention it will be launching in early access. Yeah, for one so, to three months. So that'll be uh, January-ish, December-ish? Around there. Excellent. That's it for Wishlist This, and if you want to get your game talked about by us and plugged on our Twitter and in the show notes hit us up, contact CanadianGameDevs.com uh, at CanadaGameDevs and yeah last least Steve, let's move on to Discord discussion. Two big things I personally had a lot of fun talking about in the Discord this week is Sega is turning 60 years old yeah I know I, um... what? I had no idea. That's one of those things how, like, Nintendo is actually, like, 150 years old or whatever. 131, I think. Yeah, so, so what did, like, Sega... Because, like, they're, the actual, like, name of Sega is, like, Sega Sammy or something. Yeah, so uh, I gotta find... I want to find the exact um, person who was detailing here. Yeah, so I, I shared the Sega 60th anniversary celebration that was happening on Steam. And uh, Blake 
K uh, at Auburn on our Discord, uh, was kind of giving me like a history lesson on Sega, which was pretty interesting. It originally stood for Service Games, S-E-G-A, haha. Um, and they originally made slot machines, and they were a company in Hawaii in 1940, but they moved to Japan in 1952. Um, so that's why we dated it to 1952, because they rebranded as Sega. It's interesting. During, uh, during 1985, a, Sega released Hang On, the world's first force feedback game. Force feedback? Like, I guess it... Oh, it's like a motorcycle arcade thing so i guess it like rumbled like rumble did they invent rumble maybe take that nintendo i thought the n64 invented rumble (laughs) (laughs) nintendo just steals from sega we all know this it's true it's true they do and you have a personal attachment to sega being a sega kid don't you (laughs) yes sega genesis was like we had a nintendo like an nes but i was so i was i was born in 86 and i'm and we had the Sega Genesis, I think, like, in 1989 or 90, like, pretty early. So, <clears throat> while I played Nintendo, I remember playing Sega Genesis a lot. So I always kind of considered myself, like, a Sega Genesis kid. And I, you know, we, I had the Sonics, and uh, I had, like, the Shinobis and all those games, and they were great. And uh, basically, I was the only one who had Sega Genesis. Like, all my friends had Super Nintendo. They were all lame. Right. Um, trying to rebuild the Sega Genesis library. Kind of, you know, I've spent a lot. I've spent, like, $400 on Sega Genesis shit the last, like, month or so. So I'm just taking a small break. From Not a that. cent to that going to Sega the company. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, it's all... Well, I, Sega, like, I don't even know what they're working... Like, what are they... Like, what, what games have Sega released? They just brought Persona 4 Golden to Steam. Oh, yeah. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I like Persona 5. It was alright, I guess. It was alright. Uh, no, this is just a list of Sega Genesis games. I just want, like, the games that Sega has released. Because, like, they also did uh, Bayonetta and um, Vanquish re-released. It's true, yeah. They've also done um, a couple Persona games for 3DS now. Oh, really? Yeah, Persona Q. And they did a Persona crossover with Fire Emblem? Tokyo Mirage Sessions or something for Wii U and then got ported to Switch. I don't follow those games very well, so I'm not equipped to talk about them. But yeah, they're still yeah, around. They're still kicking. So- Sonic Mania was a big hit with a bunch of my friends, and Sonic Forces less so, but... Uh... <laughs> we had a... Actually, Sonic Mania I've been meaning to play because we had it free for PlayStation Plus. Yeah, it was a PS Plus game. Yeah, I never, I never ended up diving into it, but... Um... I mean, I never had... I didn't have the Saturn. I didn't have... Uh, my friend had a Saturn, though. It was awesome. I didn't have a Dreamcast. I remember wanting a Dreamcast so badly, but my mom was just like, she just basically said no. And then by the time I could just do it myself, the Dreamcast was pretty much dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I, and so it was really only the Genesis for me. I mean, I did play a lot of Virtua Fighter on Saturn with my friend, but uh, you know, and, and I did have the 32X or the Sega CD, though I have now I have a 32X game, which I don't think I'll ever get to play, because apparently 32X was just really a piece of shit, and like Yikes. all broken, so we'll see um, but I mean, Sonic the Hedgehog was like an iconic game for me growing up, I played a lot of that Maximum Carnage, like so many games so many great games I mean, Sega's, Maximum Carnage, Sega's 60 and you're like 55, 57? 50, so I'm looking on the Wikipedia page right now, it was set up in uh, 1951 that was a joke about how old you are, but uh <laughs> 
Next thing we talked about a bit on our Discord this week uh, was Cronius sent a link to this Game Informer stream where they quoted uh, CD Projekt Red sources who said that the quote-unquote crunch story was overblown, out of proportion, and devs were scared to celebrate the game going gold. Um, said the the uh, Game Informer clip says that the CD Projekt Red's management considered delaying the game uh, again so they didn't have to crunch, but quote, a mass majority of devs supported the extra day for six weeks of crunch. Now, for those of you who haven't been following the story, Cyberpunk's coming out uh, end of November, and CD Projekt Red announced that to hit that deadline, they will be um, working paid overtime uh, an extra day every week up until release, and they've delayed the next-gen versions to 2021. This oh, was part of a report. Uh, yeah, so, you know, wait for those. Or did I, I know that? Pardon? I, I, I can't remember if I knew that or not, but I'm yeah, not, the like... The new cycle's a mile a minute. I totally get it. Yeah, but, like, I'm also... Cyberpunk, I haven't even seen it ounce of gameplay. I'm not even really that excited to play it, to be perfectly honest with you, like... Anyway, sorry, continue. <laughs> so this sparked a... Heated, not heated. I, I felt everyone was pretty cool was and funny. Debate. Like no one was angry. No one was angry. Uh, a lively discussion in our Discord about Crunch and Jason Schreier's reporting, who was the one who had been following this story, reporting on it for Bloomberg. And the thing people I think missed a lot in his reporting is the the, the main contradiction is. CD Projekt Red came to Jason explicitly, like, sought him out in 2019. They're like, Jason, you report on crunch, you report on mismanagement at studios. We want to talk to you about how we're going to approach the development. Sorry, my cat's playing with something on the counter. Let me grab it. That's fine. He's chewing on a plastic bag because he's an idiot. Oh. Let me timestamp that. No, you should keep it in. Keep that pause of me going in. Um... Yeah, so CD Projekt Red explicitly sought out Jason to talk to them about how they weren't going to crunch on Cyberpunk, how they have learned their lesson from Witcher 3, which had atrocious crunch, people working overtime for months and essentially the last two years of development. Just brutal weekends, late nights, not going home. I mean, you just look at a, a time lapse of the, some of the developers from Witcher 1 to 3 and they look like they age like 50 years and a decade. Hmm. And they wanted him to report on that, and he did. And he told in his story what CD Projekt Red told to him. And that's that's pretty accurate reporting, and I, I read that, and a bunch of people were like, oh, well, that's good. It looks like they're setting out to do that. Looks like they lied. And Aaron in the Discord, McLeod, uh, wanted to make a clear distinction between lying and... Uh, I forget what exactly what he said. Let me find the exact... Um, find the exact message. He says there's a big difference between lying and not intending to keep the promise. So he would say that there's a big difference between saying you were lying because then you would need evidence that you never intended to keep the pro promise. He would say they broke a promise. I said what's the difference? And, and I agree on that point uh, that obviously they didn't want to crunch. They were setting out to not crunch and have a better development. And they failed. I think it's safe to say they failed. Would you, but would you call it a broken promise if, if it is indeed true that they, you know, went to the developers and said we can either delay it and work normal or, you know, work, you know, 
six extra Saturdays or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, so, and yeah, this, this led that's to still an... a failure of of getting that option. But I don't know if it's really a broken promise because it's because of the the giving the option to work. And I and I don't know if you're going to bring it up, but there is a like point that you might bring up that I disagree with <clears throat> in terms of like they don't have representation; they're not a union, which is all true. But I think there's still like power behind the developers. Like they could have easily just like said no. I mean, I've, I've seen I've been part of those conversations where you know, people are kind of like, listen, we can't make this deadline unless this, and it's a, you know, the management, I haven't seen it though, where like, I think what's interesting about this is like how it, usually crunch isn't like forced. It's like, you better do it. It's a culture. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And this was actually like, you have to crunch, which you need your working Saturdays now. Yeah. And I don't think that's really, if that's ever been even in the rock star story or the last of Us story if if that was ever forced if it was always just kind of like you better do it or else you know you're that guy who doesn't do it i mean you listen to any interview with former naughty dog developers like amy henning did a great one with tone control the idle thumbs podcast where she was like oh i essentially worked 80 hour weeks for most of the four to five years for each game and just constantly like that was just the studio culture you never saw anyone, you sacrificed your health, you really just broke yourself to make these games. And Naughty Dog never explicitly stated it in a way that CD Projekt Red has, where like, hey everyone, you're excited for Cyberpunk, we are too, we're gonna have to crunch to make it, this is how we're doing it with our team. That transparency has never been there with Naughty Dog, because, I don't know, they don't want to. But... From that regard, I have a lot of respect for Cyberpunk. I'm sorry, not for Cyberpunk, for CD Projekt Red, because I think as a studio, they set out to make good games. They set out to make games that aren't exploitative, that aren't riddled with gross microtransactions, and are just generally solid products that they believe in. This approach to development doesn't make sense when you have billions in the bank and can afford to take months and years of development to put the health of your staff above the release of a project which i maintain as someone who just believes people are more important than these toys we cover here on this site steve that that should be the 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 ultimate decision is hey there's so much research that shows crunching is a bad for your health and b bad for development you end up making more mistakes you have to end up fixing because you're overworked and tired and they're already delaying the next gen version just fucking delay the whole game to 2021 there's no shortage of games this fall as we've discussed so from that perspective i'm very kind of disappointed and just really lost a lot of respect for cd project red in that regard because they're sacrificing their employees health for an arbitrary deadline they set they don't need to meet because of how much they have in the bank from gog and witcher 3 and that's kind of gross to me oh do they own gog yes oh i didn't know yeah, no, they um, pull in bank from GOG, Steve. So, but do you, so do you pretty much weigh into the story of the whole, like, they asked, you know, the developers, or maybe they asked management or whatever, like, CD so, Project is what, a thousand people or whatever? like A thousand, a little over a thousand. So, who knows what, like, I think Jason followed up saying, like, you know, he spoke to, like, two, like, two or three people 
his like insiders or whatever and, and they said they never got that meeting so maybe it was like a higher maybe it was like a middle management meeting. i would totally like buy like team leads got together and had that meeting like I, yeah. I could totally see that but there's no way you got consensus from a thousand developers all of a lot of whom are working from home right now and i also don't really trust game informer for reporting because they are kind of a game industry circle jerk with GameSpot and ign who pay accept money for coverage and you know what that's fine you're a media company that's how you make money and i'm i don't trust you for reporting on news but i'll go there for opinions about games cuz some opi- some people there are opinions i agree with and i like listening to people talk about games so i don't i don't trust game informer to because, like, they are going to... Like, C- Cyberpunk had a cover on Game Informer. They give access. They You don't get that access without playing ball. Like, there's a reason Jim Sterling's blackballed by the industry because he reports on shit they do that's gross. There's a reason Kotaku got blackballed while Jason Schreier was reporting there because he would report on shit. You don't get that insider access without being willing to be a hype man for these AAA studios. And so from that perspective, I don't, I don't really trust Game Informer to be trying to be an accurate reporting on the situation at cyberpunk and i also don't believe a thousand developers can get together and have a meeting and decide all and all have the same level of confidence in their opinion being taken when one of the people in that meeting is the ceo who's worth a billion dollars and has execute authority to fire anyone there on the spot like that's obviously not a space where you can have an equal footing communal agreement on something by the way, um, C Project Red is a publicly traded company. Their revenue last year, and keep in mind, they didn't release a game last year, was $137 million. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> they, they, own, they own a video game store on the internet. That's one of the most half, heavily trafficked places to buy video games. Yeah, I'm assuming that's where most of it came from. I didn't know they owned GOG. Um, is that the one where you can like connect all your stuff? Yeah, it's great. I love, I love GOG. Gal- that GOG Galaxy is the client. So now here's my here's my thing. We were talking about Ubisoft, how we're both kind of like, you know, the shit they're doing is, you know, we, we're not purchased. Like, if we didn't run this site, we wouldn't purchase uh, Assassin's Creed, all that shit. We're not accepting codes, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Is this, like, enough to, for you not to get Cyberpunk? Yeah, I'm, I'm not Cyberpunk? getting Cyberpunk. It's CD, like my, because my, of this or just in general? Just in general, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed with how they treat the, the health of their staff. And I think that mm-hmm. is something to, that is something I care about as a developer in the video game industry, I think. Obviously, my eighty bucks isn't gonna shift the needle at all. This game's gonna do gangbusters sales. Like it's gonna be probably the biggest game of this year and the biggest game of next year with the next gen version. Yeah, people are like really kind of just like supporting C Project Red. Mm-hmm. I think like for me, it's just it's just like a tricky situation, and it's just like it's not it's very it's not as black as white as I think like Ubisoft is. It's also not a like I would. I would say that what Ubisoft is doing is like way worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and to be honest, like with Crunch, I'm 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 just like I'm getting tired of talking about it. But I understand that's, that's what they important. want, Steve. I know, I know, blah blah blah. Um, but I think um, I forget what my main point was. Really, like it's just it's such a like. I think part of the Crunch thing is like it also it just depends on the culture of the company mm-hmm. and. Because I think you can get people who like to kind of do that extra bit of work, but at the same time, you can't have them sort of, like, mad at the, you know... Like, for me, like, my team does do a decent amount of work 
like after hours on weekends and all that stuff and i'm like yo i it's fucking impossible for me to do that because i have a kid Mm -hmm. but i don't feel you know like i'm behind or anything like that or or whatnot and that has to do with like the company culture that i have and management and all that stuff and i feel supported and obviously i don't like really like feel like i'm you know behind anyone or anything like that so it's like good so i think that's the thing it's like case by case like you're going to get people who want to kind of do that extra bit of work but you a you can't have them like be mad at people who do you know the 40 hour thing and then peace out mm-hmm. and you can't have those 40 hour people be like oh fuck like i better work super long because you know john is sort of thing so c project Red, i think needs to just sort of kind of fix their culture it sounds like just like they probably do have some passionate people that you know, did want to get this thing out the door and, and who knows, like, it's also going to sell Game Busters, like, it's Christmas, they're probably going to get some decent bonuses, like, that could have been part of it, too, like, people might have been like, oh, I don't want to fucking do this, but I also would want the bonus before the end of the year, like, who knows, it's a thousand, like, according to Wikipedia, in 2019, they had 1,111 employees, so, it's, I think it's just, like, a tricky situation, and it's tricky, I agree. And you know, if if you don't want to purchase Cyberpunk twenty seven seven because of it, like that's totally your prerogative. Like, it it is disappointing. Like like you said, they set themselves up for this when they reached out to Jason, being like, "We're not going to do this last year." Mm-hmm. And they fucking had to do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, that being said, Jason's kind of a knob, just in general. <laughs> he just mm-hmm. he comes off <laughs> as just <laughs> such a like such a high and mighty you know like he like and i i tweet about this like it seems like people are kind of treating game blocked by him as like a badge of honor because like so many people in my feed are like you know they send a tweet sometimes it's like a legit like you know just dis- disagreement and then the the next thing they see they tweet they he's like blocked by by him or whatever um he just kind of comes off as dickish i can I see know. that no i i totally i totally get that I, i've listened to his podcast split screen a lot and it, it's different like obviously tone is lost via text yeah and twitter's a very useless medium for discussion but having followed his reporting for a while i i trust his reporting um and i think he's one of the most more accurate and fair and all, all these people are like oh he has an objective yeah he's a reporter he's chasing stories he's reporting on things that are important to the business of the games industry working for bloomberg and obviously like objective reporting doesn't exist what we should care about is accurate and fair reporting and in that regard having followed jason's work for a while he is one of the most accurate and fair reporters i've read in the industry obviously he has a beat that beat is game development and studios who crunch and labor issues in the games industry that's his beat, that's what he knows in and out, that's what he has connections in, that's what people reach out to him when they have a story at their studio. And I really respect that and I value his work because without it we wouldn't find out about these things in a lot of ways. Yeah, and and like we, you know, mentioned, like he wrote a story about C Project not going to do crunch. So it's not just like he's doing the bad shit. Like he wrote I, I haven't seen the story, so I'm assuming it's still up, but like It's still know. up. He links it in the new one too. Okay, so, like, yeah, he, I mean, he released it. And I don't even remember that being talked about, because it's not a thing, like, I feel like that article probably did not, it probably did better numbers now being linked in that Bloomberg article than it did when it was originally posted, because people were just like, ah, whatever. Mm. (laughs) So, I mean, whatever. But, I mean, you could also, uh, you could also buy their stock if you want. You could. It's going to do very well in the next few months, I think. It actually, like, 
it it like ballooned after Witcher. I, I actually already looked into like buying them, but they're only traded on the Polish uh, stock exchange. I don't even know how to do that. So you you mail three pierogies to poland.stockmarket.com. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's it. We're, if you want to have these conversations with us, I, I really enjoyed the conversation. I, I shout out to everyone in the Discord who was talking, talking about their own experiences. Three Korean was talking about crunching on Mass Effect, and they were like, 40 hours, 48 hours a week isn't even that much compared to what I did." And I'm like, yeah. "Yes, but, but, but that's the thing. Like, the bar is so we shouldn't we shouldn't be comparing it to how bad it could be. We should be we should be comparing it to what it what it what it should be, Steve. And in that regard, CD Projekt Red has a lot to make up for." Yeah, so fuck you, Cyberpunk 2077. Fuck you, Cyberpunk 27. I have other issues with Cyberpunk because they're leaning into a lot of uh, stereotypes with their gangs that is almost funny at this point. Just oh, how... really? I, I honestly haven't followed it at all. I think uh, Witcher 3, I've tried to download it, or like I've played like three or four times and I just can't get into it. I think I'll dive back in when the, um, when it gets ported, like when in the PS5 like edition comes out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Cyberpunk, I have, like, no interest. I, I honestly haven't followed it at all. I actually, like, went to watch, like, a, like a gameplay trailer the other day when I was feeding my daughter, and, and like, a minute in, it was just driving, I was like, I, I can't, I don't give a shit about this. Like, I don't want to watch this at all. So, uh, I don't know. I, I know nothing. So, what are they doing with the games? Like, they're just all stereotypes? It's, like, the black gang is the voodoos, and they're beating people up been their very stereotypical black gangster we've seen in media for years and the asian gang is the dragons and they use swords even though everyone has guns that doesn't make sense but you got to have swords in a game because that's cool and i've been reading a lot of uh writers who are kind of sick of these stereotypes at this point and of course there was the sort of trans misogyny in the uh gamescom trailer last year where I don't trust them to handle the trans issues in that game at all. I don't trust them to handle the race issues. They never had a black character in one of their games, so I don't expect them to have a good one out of the gate. But did they? Uh, didn't they also tweet something about like? Did you assume? Our, did you just assume our gender? Oh yeah, they they leaned into that internet transphobic jokes. Like like it's a it's a culture that is definitely like they're trying to give off the persona that so many of their hardcore fans give on the internet of like oh this better have any pc bullshit in it you know oh man and, my uh, daughter my daughter's mad upset can we put a pause for a second yeah all right i'll be right back she's crazy upset one second no worries Whew, sorry about that no stress no stress all that to say steve uh i'm not gonna get cyberpunk you're not gonna get cyberpunk cyberpunk broke their promise and i don't really trust them to handle the content in cyberpunk uh Sorry, CD Projekt Red, I don't know why I was saying Cyberpunk. I don't trust CD Projekt Red to handle the content in Cyberpunk with any uh, grace. That's fair. I mean, like you said, there's plenty of games up. Oh, there's there's no shortage of games to play this fall, don't you worry. Marvel's Avengers, bro! Speaking of what we've been playing, Steve, how's Marvel's? Uh, yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess how's Avengers, not Marvel's. I'm, yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm still playing it. Like, I was talking to my friend who I've been playing with it a lot and he's like a little bit farther than me or whatever but they they kind of like they really worked on like making all six of them like six of the avengers like play differently and they did a good job with that but in doing that they kind of missed on some of the other stuff like Hmm. there's just a lot of quality of life things that that game needs not to mention all the bugs and shit but i mean it's kept my attention this whole time like i've played it every practically every at least every other day for the last since it came out like 
it's I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, they really need to get like a roadmap out and, and stuff like that. I didn't know it didn't have a roadmap till you mentioned that. How does this game not have a roadmap? I don't know. So the the la- the like the week of the launch or like just before launch or whatever, they did a video of just like what to expect and kind of in the first wave, I guess as a roadmap. <clears throat> and some of the things in there they discussed, you know, aren't in the game yet. But they've kind of just been silent and if you go on their subreddit like it was fucking angry up until last night when the devs finally like made a post about something and Kotaku had to like reach out and just say yo what's happening <laughs> like your steam numbers are going down and sure enough like just dying they're like a, they're like a fifth of the of or like fourth or fifth of the numbers of Fallout 76 right now so i mean it's the attention they, economy steve and you they they're losing attention yeah, and they're entering in a big time right now with a lot of games like Cyberpunk and, and Watch Dogs and Assassin's Creed and stuff that are going to take people away from this game. And, and a lot of people are just going to be like, eh, I'll just wait till it's not buggy and, and has a lot of shit. And, you know, by that time it might be too late because, you know, this game needs to have people spending money to to for them to continue development and stuff like that. That being said, it was it was the second most downloaded, downloaded game on PlayStation this month or last month. So, I mean... Yeah, September. So I mean, maybe on consoles it's doing a little bit better. Like mm-hmm. I, I get people pretty often now uh, on PlayStation. That's good. So, You're having trouble last week. Yeah, I think I don't know if it was just broken or whatever, just the levels I was doing. But now that I'm kind of in end game and doing end game shit, I, I get people pretty often. Um, but they need a roadmap. They need cross play. They there's a lot of quality of life stuff they need to do. Like when you beat when you finish a map, you just stuck in place. So if like a gear is at like the other end of the work, like the the area, you can't go get it, and there's no like way to get that gear. So you need like people are like, what are you doing? Like I want that piece of gear. Um, so if you if you kill the last enemy like from a distance, like you're kind of screwed. So there's a lot of like little things, but the like base game is just is is still a lot of fun. Like I've I've maxed out Thor. I've maxed out Miss Marvel I'm working on Iron Man right now mm-hmm. um, it's it's still good it's just yeah like I think if you're not in a rush to play like you could totally just wait till at least like I, I think uh, Kate Bishop is like the next character I have so no idea who that is it's like it's like Hawkeye in the MCU is Hawkeye's daughter but I think like in normal comic book it's sort of like just Hawkeye's protege like kind of a Batman Robin situation okay basically female Hawkeye sure um because Hake so, was so interesting to begin with. Yeah, I mean, bow and arrow, so... Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is just, it's more of the same. Like, I, I, But it just keeps getting me, you know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty invested in the game. I'm on the subreddit, I'm on Twitter, I'm looking for updates. They just need to do a better job uh, with, like, community management. Um, that being said, I mean, the game's five weeks old. So, you know, there's still... I don't think... It's not like all hope is lost. Uh, I think like the Steam numbers, I would. I'm really interested to see how it's doing on PlayStation because Xbox, I'm assuming, it's also doing shitty, but PlayStation probably has like the most amount of people playing it. So I'm wondering what the numbers are like there, but there's no way to really see. No, no, there's not. Um, Star Wars. Yeah, you and I both picked those squadrons this week. Well, I have the EA Play, so I have like the 10 hour demo. So I played ah, with us. Uh, I played with someone on our on our Discord. Shout out to Ama. Um who kind of just carried me in a couple <laughs> matches while he was, he was like, do you want to do training? I'm like, nah, nah. <laughs> let's just dive in. Literally. So I did the, I did four or five multiplayer matches and I, I did the first mission single player. 
I, I don't know what this identity politics shit that people were complaining about last. When you make your character, you can pick the pronouns. Oh, dude, and I didn't even, I don't do character customizations. I just went straight. Is that what it is? Is that what people are mad about? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Whatever. It's good. <laughs> like, I agree. Like, why is that such a... Oh, my God. Anyways, um, I don't understand why people hate the whole pronoun thing. I used to be, like... I used to, like, hate... Not hate. I used to just be, like, eh, whatever. But I wouldn't, like, poo-poo people putting in the thing. But now it's such a, like... It's such an easy thing to do. It's, like, a small and mighty change. To just make it appropriate for people. Like, I don't mm-hmm. understand why, why people are, like, eh. Um... I, got to the, I started the single player and I played like three levels until the game crashed and then I haven't played oh. since. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I yeah. didn't have any issues. I didn't actually have any issues. Uh, They've updated it since launch, so I assume probably addressing some of those crash issues. But yeah, I was really. Enjoy- I played the first three missions of the story, made my character, and yeah, I, I'm really digging. It. I haven't tried the VR mode yet. I was playing just with a controller, but I'm, I'm hmm. going to do that this week. Now, are you feeling... So, I only played the intro, but you play as, like, the... So, basically, it takes place right after they destroy Alderaan. Mm-hmm. Are, are you, like, kind of just not caring because you're basically playing Space Nazis? Or do you think they're... they're are they spinning in a way? You pick you a side in the story. So, I picked the Rebels, but you actually start playing... The, if you pick the Rebels, you start playing as the Empire. So, I think it's going to do one of those, like, Switch things like Finn in Episode 7. Mm. Um, but yeah, Did as I, I said last week on the show, it's it, it, like the the empire is modeled in the way the uniforms look and the way they all march and act and chant and the em, the emperor and the the generals salute everyone like the Third Reich, like that was the inspiration for it. So it always feels and like their explicit goal is to conquer and kill. And the episode seven starts with them just murdering a village of people just because they've gotten their way. And so like it always felt weird to me to like, hey, do you want to play as the rebels of the empire? And like. Those are space Nazis, and the rebels are trying to stop them. I would rather play as the rebels, please. It's like, uh, it's like in Lion King with the um, the hyena march, or whatever. And it's just yeah. like it's literally just based off the Germans marching or whatever. And it's, it's good. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's not subtle, and so I I don't think the Empire should be an option and thing. Like, like you know, no one wants to pick up Call of Duty World War and like, ah, let's, let's play as the Nazis. I just want to gun down some Americans. It's like... It just hits a little bit different when it's when it's fake, right? Yeah, it's... no, absolutely. Like, it's fantasy. It's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away inspired by events that happened last century. That was the other thing I was talking about where someone... Because it's just like, you you can be an Asian character, you can be this. And I was like, does, do those even exist in Star Wars? Like... <laughs> Not in, the, not in the original exist? trilogy. <laughs> but what I mean is, like, if a character, if the actor is Asian, but like, are they are they playing an Asian Star Wars character? Like, does like does Asia exist in Star Wars? Does you know is someone like French in it, Star don't Wars? Read like, into it, Steve. Don't. It's it's that's so, why it's so stupid, though. It is stupid. It is. When stupid. people get upset about it, and I'm just like, like I said before, like, what do these people do when they go into a mall and they just see like a bunch of different people? They just, they just have a seizure. Them? <laughs> and they're just like, oh, that was stupid. Yeah. Um, they don't go outside, I, but, Steve. That's why they're on the internet posting mad about Star Wars. Yeah, it's fair. But I'm enjoying Squadrons. I think it's pretty It's pretty good. I, and interesting, too, they they announced uh, that there's like no DLC coming up and stuff like that. And they're just like, you know... It's an EA game that didn't launch full price, that features yeah. a robust single player, no loot boxes, no in-game currency, the ability to turn cosmetics off, and no live service roadmap, anything. It's just a game they released... That was made like that doesn't happen anymore, especially from yeah. EA. And that's what and that's what they said, right? They were just like, you know, it's just a game that we put out there. It's it's a budget game. 
Although it's not like I, it's I, good, they could e- they could easily charged full price for this game. Oh, like, easy. Um, and they're like, you know, we're done with it. Like this, like good. they'll fix. That's good. Yeah. So I mean, that's sort of the cost of not having MTX, right? They're just like, well, we're not going to give you DLC. Like EA, the head of EA or whatever, is like, we're not going to give you DLC. We're not making extra money for this. This is what you get. This is your mm-hmm. space flying game. Here you go. Mm-hmm. I gotta imagine that the Star Wars stuff, because that's two Star Wars games in a row now that don't have like cosmetics. Like Disney was just like, we can't have a Battlefront Two situation again. You no, yeah, ruining Absolutely. Star Wars. Then. Um, but I got I got to wrap up soon, Steve. I'm sorry, I got something that's to fine. do. But uh, let's quickly run through these games. You played Medieval. What would, what would you give it in two sentences? Oh, six out of ten. It's, six yeah, out of ten. Yeah, it's it's mad. It, I didn't play the original, <laughs> but it's very colorful. Or I mean, it's. It's very charming and it's fine, but like I, it's I still recognize plays, like, Sir Daniel from the hit game PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, you also played Hold of Fire. Uh, yeah, I replayed it on PS4. The game is great. It's my favorite favorite Canadian indie this year for sure. Big ups to a Hold Apart and and games. controls way better on with a controller than on the iPhone screen too, which was nice. Uh, I played Crash 4. I love my girlfriend's review of it. She said it's very picky, and that's why it's good. It's a very, very picky platformer. And uh, mm. lots of big upgrades. Um, there's a little dot under you when you jump now, which makes platforming easier. Um, I also played Rocket League with some friends. Now it's free to play. You can play anywhere. There's a new season. Uh, I-, I love Rocket League so much. So much fun. I made a custom like server. Not server. I made a custom match and played with a, a bunch of my friends on my birthday, and we did 3v3s, and it was just a great time. Nice. Um, Apex also now has crossplay. Also playing with a bunch of friends. It's it's a great time to to have these free to play games that you can play with a bunch of people and just drop in. I'm loving it, Steve. Just loving it. Nice. Yeah, I gotta play Apex. My brother in law is a huge fan of it, and he's on PC, so you should. And then we should play together. Yeah, I'm done. All right, that's it for this episode number 162 of the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate your support, and thank you to our new patrons. Uh, if you want to help us at patreon.com slash CanadianGameDevs, you can back us there to get early access to the show, a special channel on our Discord, and if you back us at $5 a month or higher, we will put your name at the end of the credits, like these lovely folks. Shout out to Aaron McLeod, Canuck Play, David Winter, David Nagy, Eric Beer, Elizabeth Avery, Hanel, Jean Leggett, who we will have on the podcast soon, Jeff Shepstone, Jeffrey Canham, Kai Hutchins, Nicholas Azorko, Nav, PixelNuts underscore Alex, Sean Hayden, and Stacey H. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please drop us a review. We'd love your feedback. And if you're not on Apple, you can send any feedback about the show and what we do to contact at CanadianGameDevs.com. Thank you for joining me this week, Steve. Where can people find you on the internet if you want them to do so? Uh, Stephen L. Crane, Twitter, all that places. Uh, sometimes Nate. But go to CanadianGameDevs.com. That's where I really want you to go. Don't worry about that. I just post photos of my daughter. Very cute photos of your daughter, by the way. Oh, thank you. Happy one year to Sophia. Oh, yeah. Thank you. It was good. Uh, Happy birthday to you. Oh, thank you. It was a 23 year. (laughs) And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Stephen Riley. You can find both of our handles in the Canadian Game Devs handle at Canada Game Devs on Twitter. Couldn't fit the whole thing. Again, just go to CanadianGameDevs.com. Join our Discord. Hang out with us. Talk. Cover Canadian indies and games. Thanks for listening. Have a great week and stay safe out there, everyone. Bye.